You don't have a mask on anymore. What's going on? Well, we're six feet apart. I'll do an interview as long as it airs on CNN Plus. Does that still exist? I didn't think so because the people don't like what you guys have on there, which is propaganda. Thank you. And that's what you call a burn. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, good evening, good evening, good evening. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome one and all to uh, the uh, C-Report. Ladies and gentlemen, we're coming to you guys live on this Wednesday, ladies and gentlemen. Yep, I'm sorry, there's going to be a little bit of an echo of a problem, guys, but uh, it's just the way it rolls. Uh, I got you, uh, you know, because all of you people will actually know what, it's my fault. I'm not even going to go there. It's my fault. It is my fault uh, because I do not have a set time for this show to begin. I cannot play these clips prior to the show as a preview because you guys don't know when to show up. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. So, yeah. So, all right. I know. I got to deal with the tech issues. I got to deal with the time issues. All that good stuff, guys, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but we're not going to play it again. I hope you guys, uh, you, I know all of you guys have seen that Carrie Lake video already. I mean, I tell you what, I remember back in the days of June 2021 when no one knew who Carrie Lake was, but we were playing her clips here over at the Sea Report. Mm. And uh, now she's just a firebrand, a phenomenon. She is someone like anyone, unlike anyone else, as far as... Uh, uh, being a powerful candidate across any campaign type of scene, ladies and gentlemen, Carrie Lake, proud to have been uh, endorsing slash sponsoring slash getting the word out about Carrie Lake since her very first campaign ad dropped back in the summer of 2021, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, anyhow, uh, just thought I would start tonight's show off with that burn of, uh, who is that? CNN, that was at, uh, Trisha Takanawa, right, uh, was out there again, uh, trying to get a good word in with Carrie Lake. And, you know, uh, you just gotta wonder how these people feel, right, knowing that, um, they just are not the favored class of reporter anymore. I'm sure they're not used to it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm pretty sure they're like, wow, these things, ladies and gentlemen, these things, they are, these times, they are a changing. Indeed, they are. Indeed, they are. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, one and all, to another episode of The Sea Report. Coming to you live on this Wednesday, June 29th, 2022. I am your host, Mr. C, also known as Michael Aaron Cossidis, and we'll be here with you guys for a couple of hours tonight uh, as we uh, get into some more America First news, headlines, current events, and of course, election integrity and election fraud stories, as is the favored issue to discuss here at this time and on this day and during this broadcast. Uh, thank you all for joining us. We're coming to you guys live from uh, several uh, platforms across the interwebs, whether that be Rumble, whether that be the Foxhole.app, whether that be Pilled, Twitch, Trovo, DLive. Thank you all for joining us this evening. And uh, if you enjoy the word and if you enjoy what we share with you guys here, please, by all means, share that word and pass it along. 
Uh, we come to you guys Monday through Friday uh, in the evening hours, again, at an unaforementioned uh, uh, time slot. Uh, tonight we're coming in, like, what, 7.15 p.m., so... Uh, I think you can always expect to see the C-Report sometime between the 6 p.m. and 8 p.m. hours as far as a start time goes. Of course, that is central time. And eventually, someday, I will uh, nail that time down to a specific time frame. Uh, I haven't decided when that day will be, but hopefully we'll get that day coming to you guys shortly. Uh, I mean, it can only help the broadcast, I'm sure, if everyone knew when the show is going live. But at the same time, you know, you can always catch that replay. I know, I know, some people prefer the live. Or you can always catch the podcast. The podcast, you take it on the ears, it's easy on the eyes. And uh, you can definitely get your same uh, news reports and broadcasting and all the fun little quibbles that I, Mr. C., bring to you guys about our news uh, broadcast, guys. So thanks for joining us. We won't be too long on the uh, uh, openings here, guys. We got to move along. We got um, a pretty good show ahead of you guys. We'll be focusing in on Arizona uh, today, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be an Arizona broadcast. Now, if you guys were hanging out with us earlier this afternoon... We went ahead and uh, did a rebroadcast of Jovan Pulitzer's um, Forensic Audit and Paper Analysis uh, presentation uh, that originally aired on June 27th. So that is uh, specifically two nights ago now because it was an evening uh, presentation. So two nights ago now on June 27th. Um, over in Scottsdale, Arizona. And if none of you all or if any of you all were not able to catch that, well, I highly recommend that you do go ahead and get back into that replay. You can search it with Jovan Pulitzer. Or, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you can absolutely also catch the replay here at the Mr. C TV Rumble or the Mr. C TV um, uh, Foxhole page, ladies and gentlemen, where we have our episodes, um, how you say, archived, at least for a time. And you could probably go all the way back to the very first broadcast on Rumble. It's down around page 11 or 12, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, I'm pretty sure that that broadcast will play for you. Um, uh, the broadcast over at Foxhole, they've been archiving um, this show since, man, back in, I think, April of last year. So you've got quite a library there, ladies and gentlemen, over at Foxhole, if you want to check out any of our eldest of broadcasts for the C-Report. And, uh, well, you know, you're always welcome to do that as well, ladies and gentlemen, because uh, it is there. I mean, some people, uh, you know, don't like old news, but at the same time, sometimes in that old news, well, you can see my gut feelings are pretty much always right on, uh, you know, right on par, ladies and gentlemen, with where we need to be. That's right. No, 
pat myself on the back there, right? Okay, so you guys can see. So you guys can see. Because uh, we're going to talk Brnovich tonight also. And you know, you guys know. You guys know until he'd released that interim report that I was always going hard on Brnovich. And then he made me flip-flop like a dying fish in the Texas sun for about a week, right? And then he went on to uh, Steve Bannon's war room. And then he started uh, kind of giving out little, like, signals that he was going to kick the can down the road. Yeah. Uh, that sleeping ninja bear Bernovich never trusted the man, and I think that um, it's pretty good that uh, it's a pretty good thing that I didn't right didn't want to put too much faith in that dude. Uh, but yeah, so we're going to be talking Arizona today, and also for the purposes of the podcast audience, uh, we will be rebroadcasting Jovan Pulitzer's, um, uh, jo- Jovan Pulitzer's uh, report or his presentation. Uh, now, it was like a two and a half hour, uh, you know, uh, ordeal that they had going on in Scottsdale, Arizona. And it was pretty crazy because at the very, it wasn't even the end of the presentation. They got booted out because someone hit the fire alarm, okay? We will not be broadcasting two and a half hours of the presentation. We have a crystallized 45-minute presentation that was put together by Jovan Pulitzer. So we will re- be reviewing just that because that does need to get out to the podcast audience as well so they can hear all of the information that is available. And it is quite alarming, guys. I mean, um, when you crystallize all that information down to that bit of, uh, bit of a, a um, I guess you could say, a, a bit of a narrative and a report, uh, it, is, it is quite alarming jaw dropping even but it was it was overall it was a great presentation uh very good points were made on behalf of uh the people of uh, Arizona there by their representatives by their senators by those sitting on the panel and by Jovan Pulitzer himself okay and I think as we begin to uh, get tonight's report, uh, one thing that we should focus on again is that uh, there's no one to blame here but ourselves. And that's not something that a lot of us like to hear. Oh, no, 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 no. No one wants to take responsibility for anything that they've done for themselves, mama. No, of course they don't. They want to point the finger at someone else. So it does become hard for some of us to be able to actually admit that we had a hand in the demise of our own republic. But uh, to uh, bring it back down to earth and to what Jovan Pulitzer meant by stating such things is that um, it, it really, it really, while we are, uh, we ourselves should recognize our own hand in that, like I always like to say, it is by design. We want to be comfortable. We want to trust, you know, and so really we can't take the blame, but we should take the responsibility of taking back that which was given to us, which is self-governance, which is, uh, you know, um, uh, actually participating in our events, not just relying on those who we've elected to be the forthright citizen that we believe that they are, but, you know, checking their work, holding people accountable, participating, being involved. All of these things are part of the package of being um, a, uh, a country and a republic of individuals who self-govern, correct? And uh, who are self-determinant, ladies and gentlemen, 
uh, and uh, we're not just going to be lazy and sit around with our Cheeto puffs and our soda pop and uh, do nothing but, uh, you know, feed off the government dole, right? Okay. So anyways, ladies and gentlemen, uh, before we get into tonight's show, uh, let's go ahead and do real quick a little bit of uh, housekeeping, guys. Uh, pushing this week, thecreport.com. Uh, head over to thecreport.com where you can sign up for our mailing list, ladies and gentlemen, because America is awake. Uh, and we have all sorts of little bits of information here for you guys to uh, check out, including some articles, some of them handwritten by myself, some of them um, shared by way of uh, fair use and permission, ladies and gentlemen, uh, stuff that you'll really want to get hold of. Um, also, uh, check out the store over at um, thecreport.com. And let me go ahead and remove this little button here so everyone can see for clearly what I'm trying to do here. Click on the store button in the top right-hand corner. Boop, there you go. And that will take you right over into our exclusive merchandise for the Sea Report. This way you can um, support the Sea Report, Mr. Uh, myself, Mr. C, Mr. CTV, in more way than one. Um, exclusive merchandise because you demanded it. Mr. CTV has released an exclusive line of the Sea Report and Mr. C merchandise, shop apparel, home goods, accessories, and more, and show off your love for Mr. C today and support this channel every time you do. Click on the enter store button and we'll take you over to some of the designs that we have right now. I like to start off with the mug page, guys, because our mugs pretty much have all of the designs that we have available for the C Report, Mr. C TV, etc. You can get our classic mug design right here. That's the classic C Report. You know that one where you can barely see the C? Yeah, we have that one available on mug and on t-shirts. The C Report News mug, also a C Report with Mr. C's face on it. If you guys care to brandish that ugly mug around... Uh, one of my favorites, of course, is the Victoria Millie mug. Uh, everything woke turns to shit. Limited edition until I get my pants suit off. That thing will be available. Uh, the President Trump Kofefe mug. So this way no one can ever tell you anything wrong about Kofefe. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Kofefe stands for the uh, communications across... Uh, <laughs> I can't even remember what it stands for. The communications across... Uh, let's pull that up here on the... Communications across various feeds electronically for engagement act. Don't let anyone tell you any different, guys. We've memorialized that little uh, mysterious uh, little uh, um, a word thing there that uh, the the media got caught up on for such a long time. Okay, and then of course we have our uh, other design here. The uh, from the White House to the State House. It is rhino hunting season, ladies and gentlemen. You can uh, check it out here as well. Uh, available on shirts in multiple colors. You know, you like it in uh, army gray. You like it in sky blue. You like it in uh, uh, was this, what would you call this? Vibrant green. How about pink? You can get your Kofefe memorialized Trump shirt here over at shop mr c tv we also have the uh rhino hunting season as well available in several different types of styles cuts and colors uh don't forget guys from the white house to the state house it's rhino hunting season you can get a classic Mr. CTV t-shirt, okay, also the C-Report with that ugly mug splashed across the screen, and uh, the C-Report new shirt, as well as it's President Donald Trump, ladies and gentlemen. And you know what that means? 
we're done with our housekeeping. So, all right, guys, let's get into it for today, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a great show and a lot to uh, go over uh, before I have to skedat and get ready for uh, some uh, other events taking place a little bit later on tonight. Let me say hello real quick to the friends in the audience. we got Raylan on, who's giving us that good old countdown. Tam Growl, good to see you in the house Thank you for the 117 gold pills. Thank you for spreading the links, Disco Ball Chaser. And uh, good evening to you as well. And Sean Joe, thank you for the cookie. Um, uh, my hubby and I are making our list. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, very glad to hear. <laughs> well, well, thank you very much, Tam Grau. I appreciate your support. Yep, that's right. TheSeaReport.com. Click on store and you can support The Sea Report in more ways than one. All right, I only have one statement to share with you guys from President Trump today because it falls right in line with today's show. Let's go ahead and get her on the screen, ladies and gentlemen. And it says here, Arizona gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake was absolutely fantastic in her interview with a very unfair Brett Baer of uh, Fox News. She absolutely destroyed him on the subject of the 2020 presidential election fraud and irregularities. It is a must watch. She will never be invited back. And he wanted to get off the subject as quickly as possible. Had no answers. Carrie is the kind of tough minded and smart person our country needs. If we are going to be great again. All right. So uh, how many of you guys got to see that Brett Bear and Carrie Lake interview? I'm surprised they had her on for almost 10 minutes, if I'm being absolutely honest with you guys. Uh, and he did the best that he could, ladies and gentlemen, to try and derail Carrie Lake. But uh, <laughs> there is no derailing Carrie Lake, ladies and gentlemen. There's absolutely no derailing Carrie Lake. Uh, so anyways, uh, we are going to play it here. Absolutely, ladies and gentlemen, we are absolutely going to play it uh, because it is a great, great spot she continues to provide great uh, segments and great clips for, uh, you know, the uh, America First and the Independent Alternative uh, Press to check out and view, guys. Uh, so let's go ahead and pay attention to this idiot here, Brett Bear. This is the same guy who, uh, you know, actually, he actually asked, uh, you know, uh, Zelensky, President Zelensky of Ukraine about the neo-Nazis and about the Azov Battalion. And that was the same time when uh, Zelensky was like, well, they are what they are, you know, like what kind of. Uh... And then this is the guy that also gave Virginia, you know, um, to uh, Biden, like back in 2020, like, well, is it uh 3% in or something like that? It was just uh, just past the poll close. You know, everyone seems to uh well, everyone remembers Arizona, nobody remembers Virginia. Mm. I used to have footage of that, but supposedly it's vanished now. Anyways, okay, let's go ahead and check out this uh interview with Brett Bear. Let's see him try and bring the hammer down on Carrie Lake. He ain't going to do such a good job about it though as you guys can see. Let's check it out. 
Arizona primary features an intense contest for the Republican gubernatorial nomination. Last week, we spoke with candidate Karen Taylor Robeson. Uh, tonight, we talked to GOP hopeful Carrie Lake. Uh, Carrie, thanks for being here. I'm so happy to be here. I am the front runner here in Arizona and have been since day one, and I'm endorsed by President Trump, and we're doing really well. Our our main person that we're looking out for right now is the socialist on the Democrat side, Katie Hobbs. That's who we're focused on. Let me talk about uh, what we just saw, which was this abortion decision and what it means in the states. Uh, Arizona has this trigger law that's similar to Mississippi in that it would criminalize um, abortions after 15 weeks. But you have a couple of different uh, cities, Phoenix and Tucson, that uh, they say they do not want to move forward with this. They said they're going to push back. And I'm wondering if you're governor, what do you do about that? Well, we're going to let the legislature pass the laws to protect the unborn. And we already have these laws on the books. And it's not surprising. We have socialist mayor running Tucson and one running Phoenix. And they're always trying to push back. We will protect the lives of the unborn in Arizona. And it's going to be very difficult for abortion clinics to survive and be open if abortion is illegal in Arizona. Yeah. What about these abortion pills? Would you outlaw those or try to? I think it's really scary that a young, afraid mother could be at home taking a pill and uh, without medical supervision, it, it could be the end of the uh, mother as well. So I would very much support banning those types of abortion pills. What do you think the most important issue for your state is? We've got a couple of important issues. We have a wide open border. We have fentanyl pouring in. We have the cartels with operational control. But that wouldn't be happening if we would have fair, honest elections. And we had a fraudulent election, a corrupt election. And we have an illegitimate president sitting in the White House. And because of that, our border is wide open. Five and a half tons of fentanyl was confiscated last year, enough to kill over two billion people. It's a weapon of mass destruction. And that's why we're going to secure that border starting on day one. After I take my hand off the Bible, we are going to issue a declaration of invasion. We're going to finish President Trump's wall, and we're going to send our armed National Guard to the border and stop people from coming across. You know, I've you been down there so many times, and people just pour in, and they've got a smile on their face. Because with Joe Biden, they feel they're going to stay here forever. And when I'm governor, they're going back. Just to circle back, you say that it's an illegitimate president. You say that the election was stolen. You speak a lot about this on the campaign trail, uh, talking about the 2020 election. This is the Arizona House Speaker, Rusty Bowers, uh, testifying in front of Congress last week. Anywhere, anyone, anytime has said that I said the election was rigged, that would not be true. There was no no evidence being presented of any strength. Evidence can be hearsay evidence. It's still evidence, but it's still hearsay. But strong judicial quality evidence, anything that would say to me, you have a doubt, deny your oath. I will not do that. He's a Republican. He's a Trump supporter. And that's what he said. He's a rhino. 
and he hopefully will be defeated. He is an absolute rhino. Karen Fan even admits there were issues with the election, that it can't be certified. And here's what we have. 740,000 ballots that have no chain of custody. They cannot be authenticated, and they should not have been counted. 34,000 ballots that were counted two, three, and four times. People who moved who still voted in our election. There's a mountain of evidence, and I wish that the corporate media would start covering it instead of putting their head in the sand and acting like it didn't happen. We know what happened here. Okay. Just because we have well, a rhino saying me, it didn't I understand. happen. I understand what you're saying. Um, the attorney general obviously has talked about this at length, uh, saying that they instructed U.S. attorneys to pursue any specific credible allegations of substantial fraud, and he found none, including using very colorful language in his testimony. I understand what you're saying, but there have been, as you know, more than 70 court cases where there was not evidence and there was not any state legislature or governor that failed to certify an election, including your own Republican Doug Ducey. We did not have any court cases where the evidence was presented. We now have evidence that is admissible in a court of law, and I believe the day will come where we have that court case. We have an AG, Mark Brnovich, who has sat on a mountain of evidence and done nothing, including video evidence. We have the true the vote evidence. We have people who do not want to uncover the truth about our election, and it makes me wonder if they're afraid they really didn't win in previous elections. But don't worry, because when I'm governor, we're going to get to the bottom of it. And you and think we will that, have honest elections. And you and think we will that Arizona citizens, voters, want to spend a lot of time looking at 2020 instead of looking forward from 2022 and on? I'm with them every single day. We draw record crowds. Number one issue, because they know every other issue from inflation to the a border being wide open, not being able to afford um, gas and, and groceries, all stems from this corrupt election. We want an election day, not an election month. We want paper ballots, and we want to get rid of these electronic voting machines, which is why I'm involved in a federal case right now to get them banned here in Arizona. All we want, Brett, is honest elections for our children and grandchildren. We want honest elections for Democrats, mm -hmm independents and Republicans. We want to know that when we go to bed on election night, when we wake up the next day, we find out who won before we go to bed and we can live with that. But we can't keep having elections that nobody can live with. And we can't have this level of fraud anymore. Understanding that every Republican leader in Washington says that Joe Biden is the legitimate president, everyone. Um, but I understand what you're well, running on. But let they're me, let sitting me, there in Washington. They're sitting there in Washington. Understood. They're not here in Arizona. This is what we you're just running on. I get it. Let journalists just, to come out here and dig through this. Let me just ask you one thing. Uh, obviously, as a candidate, you come under scrutiny. The Washington Post has a story today. It says Arizona GOP candidate who criticized drag queens was once a fan, according to a drag queen. This is the quote. Arizona GOP gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake, who has attacked drag queens as dangerous to children, attended the shows of drag queen Richard Stevens for more than 20 years and once hired him to perform at her home. Do you care to address that? I do care. I actually do care to address that. And I'm really shocked. I'm actually appalled that Fox News would take defamatory story like that. And we are pursuing legal action against this drag queen. I'm appalled that you would bring that up when you have not talked about our stolen election. 
You've failed to We just to talk spent about three that. questions, Ms. Lake, talking about this. I just you asked you a number of questions about it. I played the Arizona this House is Speaker. The first of it. Let's address, this is let's the address first of this story it. that's in the Washington Post. Every candidate takes wow. tough stories. I'm asking you to I'm, respond I'm to it to if you'd like it. to. I'm happy to address it, but I, I'm really disappointed in Fox. I thought you were a little better than CNN. <laughs> this is a person who I covered for decades, for decades, 20 years. And he's never been in my home. He says he's been in my home for a drag show. That's ludicrous. He's never been in my home. He's lied. We tried to serve him defamation papers. Okay. And he's so shady that we can't even track him down because he's not even welcome at the places what that if, he works. I'm sorry, but this is the last question I'm going to ask. What about these pictures of you with him? Richard Stevens. Brett, and the what about the, is, the post? I've performed for Carrie's birthday. I've performed in her home. That's not I've true. I've performed for her at that's some of true. the seediest bars in Phoenix. I don't want to ask these questions. I asked you to address them. That's I, actually, it. I, think you, I think you do want to ask them, but you don't want to ask about 2,000 mules. I think you do want to ask about this. This is absolutely ludicrous. I'm, I'm talking about drag shows in schools. This is what triggered this man. Somebody who goes to a drag show with female impersonators is one thing. We don't want our tax money going into drag shows at school. Okay, I understand and what you're making a difference the there, but you're I'm saying his allegations yeah. are wrong is They're what false. you're saying. Yes, okay. I am. Right. And I'm really, I'm really appalled that you would spend time on a false story like that. It's shocking. Well, I think it's, you it's, didn't ask, it's important you didn't ask to have opponent. candidates address things that are coming up that might affect uh, a race. Truly. And I thought you would appreciate that. But you didn't that. ask my opponent, the establishment opponent who was here last week, you didn't ask her about her votes to allow illegal alien students to get a lower tuition than American students. You didn't ask her about okay. the 70 plus times that she raised tuition on American students. You didn't ask her any tough questions. That's and not here true. you have me on and you try to bring a defamatory story out. It's really sad. I Ms. thought Lake, there was hope. I really appreciate your time. Uh, we thought we'd address all issues that are on the table. That is one of them being covered today. Uh, we thank you and we'll cover the primary. Thank August you. 2nd. Please send reporters out to cover this corrupt election. We would appreciate it. Thank you. Man, did you hear what she said? I thought there was hope. Wake up, Pennsylvania. Wake up, Pennsylvania. Okay, all right. I thought there was hope. For Fox News? No. Just like I put in my banner here, guys. Globalist operative fake conservative news network. Fake, 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 fake. It's time to get rid of all the fakes, guys. It's time to get rid of all the fakes, guys. You know exactly what time it is, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it is rhino hunting season all around. So uh, I hope you guys take that, uh, you know, like as well as I take it. But, you know, I mean, the guy set himself up, his producers, and he set himself up by trying to bring up old Rusty Bucket Bowers, right? Bring up Rusty Bucket Bowers and everything that he said at this, uh, at this flim flam shim sham January 6th, uh, you know, unselect committee on the uh, Capitol false flag riots because no one else is watching it. <laughs> In fact, I guarantee that was probably the first time anyone that ever watched Brett Bear's program had seen Rusty Bucket Bowers. They're probably like, where'd this come from? When did Rusty Bucket Bowers talk in front of uh, Lizard Cheney and and uh, the radical, <laughs> I keep saying the radical Benny Johnson, right? That's probably exactly 
<laughs> what his audience was saying, but they're like, oh, we'll get Carrie Lake with this one. We'll get Carrie Lake with this. Uh, let's see what Rusty Bucket Bowers has to say about this, right? Anyways, uh, she handed it to him, ladies and gentlemen. I think she did a very, very good job at handing it to Britt Bear. I just wish she could have uh, snuck in more about 2,000 mules or snuck in more about the details of the election fraud. Uh, but yeah, that's what he gets, ladies and gentlemen. That is absolutely 100% what the man gets uh, for trying to do that to Carrie Lake. So it's a pretty good way to uh, start off today's show as we start to talk about some of the strides that are happening over in Arizona, Maricopa County. You know, just when you think that um, all hope is lost in the state of Arizona because of people like A.G. Burnovich, because of people like the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, because of the fact that, uh, you know, it, it was even mentioned, you know, uh, whereas we had people like Senate President Karen Fan who got it too, who got the uh, who got the um, the audit rolling, you know, even now as she is retiring, she's not showing face forward when it comes to any of the proceedings thereafter. You know, even during that presentation that we watched earlier today. The Joe Von uh, Pulitzer presentation, which again, we are going to air just the presentation and not the entire panel and hearing later on. Um, it, it, they even talked about Senate President, uh, sorry, former former Senate President uh, Ken Bennett. He was, a, I think he was a Senate President. He was, oh, he was, he was a Secretary of State. I take it back. Ken Bennett, guys, Secretary of State. You guys remember Ken Bennett? You remember he was the liaison between the Maricopa County Forensic Audit and the Senate as far as, uh, you know, being the go-between guy, okay? And then uh, maybe I should pull his face up so you guys can remember who I'm talking about, Ken Bennett. And then he, at the same time, is the guy who ends up leaking information to the press about the audit and really just almost just totally almost screwed them up guys you know and so it's coming out during this pulitzer uh presentation that ken bennett is a rhino he's a snake in the grass he was a secretary of snakes ladies and gentlemen and he put such a good face forward people wanted to trust him i trusted him okay i trusted him until all of this information started spilling out about him being the guy who's leaking about uh, the audit to all of his friends over there in Arizona, whether they were members of the press or whether they were actually like what, uh, mathematics people or science people or university people. He was spilling the beans, ladies and gentlemen. Ken Bennett, former secretary of snakes in Arizona. That's the rat right there. Okay, guys, uh, let's move on to the Maricopa, Maricopa County GOP. Uh, here is a story uh, not many are hearing about at this hour. Now, apparently, uh, in, uh, in solidarity with the Texas Republican Party, the Maricopa County GOP has passed a resolution to reject the 2020 presidential results. Now, that's pretty interesting, ladies and gentlemen, wouldn't you say? I would say that is interesting indeed. Let's take a look at the story here. I think this is coming from 100% Fed Up. Oh, this is coming from the Tennessee Star. Ladies and gentlemen, Maricopa County Republican leadership passes unanimous resolution rejecting the 2020 presidential election results. There is the Republican leadership. I guess that's them in the base, right? In a... In, 
in an unanimous vote, the Maricopa County Republican Committee Executive Board voted on Tuesday to approve a resolution rejecting the certification of the 2020 presidential election for Joe Biden. Modeled after a similar resolution passed by the Texas Republican Party last weekend, as part of its platform, the board urges the Arizona Republican Party to pass it and the Arizona legislature to take steps to decertify. Brian Ference, who serves on the board as member at large, drafted the resolution after the documentary 2000 Mules came out, concerned that it exposed massive election fraud through ballot harvesting. He told the Arizona Sun-Times, it's clearer than ever that Joe Biden and his regime should not have won. The resolution laid out the reasoning which declares solidarity with the Texas resolution and its findings that the election violated Article 1 and 2 of the U.S. Constitution, that various secretaries of state illegally circumvented their state legislatures in conducting their elections in multiple incorrect ways, including allowing ballots to be received after November 3, 2020. It also, complain- it also contains the same language stating that acting president joseph robinette biden jr was not legitimately elected by the people of the united states and substantial election fraud in key metropolitan areas uh, significantly affected the results in five key states in favor of joseph robinette biden jr the resolution added a reference to the significant inconsistencies and discrepancies of the maricopa county independent ballot audit and stated the 2000 Mules documentary irrefutably proves election fraud occurred in Maricopa County during the 2020 election in the form of ballot trafficking through drop boxes. It concluded, we reject the certified results of the 2020 presidential election and we hold the acting president, acting president, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., was not legitimately elected by the people of the United States. We strongly urge all Republicans to work to ensure election integrity and correct all fraud and weaknesses identified in the 2020 election. The resolution will be put up for a vote of the full MCRC, Maricopa County Republican uh, Committee, Executive Governance Committee, on July 7th, and circulate it among all Republican precinct committee members to be brought up for a vote in their legislative districts. Ference said part of what prompted him to propose the resolution was the emergence of continued red flags regarding election integrity. The information regarding unmonitored ballot drop boxes in Maricopa County keeps changing, he said, and there is one location in Mesa near a detention center where there are reportedly no cameras. In Pima County, there are 10 locations where poll watchers will not be allowed since there is supposedly not enough room, he said. Arizona Republicans submitted an alternate Republican slate of electors after the 2020 election, which included Arizona Republican Party Chair Kelly Ward and her husband. Although it was not accepted, the Democrat-controlled U.S. House Committee investigating the raucous protest at the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021, issued subpoenas for some of those electors, including Ward's cell phone records. 
A Rasmussen report, uh, a Rasmussen reports poll from last fall found that 56% of likely voters believed fraud affected the results of the 2020 presidential election. A poll conducted last year by the public affairs consulting group High Ground found that 78% of Arizona Republicans believe there was significant fraud in the 2020 election. Arizona Senate President Karen Fan, who ordered the independent Maricopa County ballot audit, said last month that decertification is an option if Arizona Attorney General Mark Brnovich finds huge differences in the vote count. In April, Brnovich released an interim report from his investigation into the results of the audit, which found that 100 to 200,000 ballots lacked chain of custody. Okay, so clearly Bernovich has found numbers uh, that are in uh, in question, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to trigger that um, trigger that decertification. He's done nothing, though. He's done nothing. Uh, let's take a look just real quick uh, to be uh, to cover all bases at the exact um, resolution that was passed by the Republican Committee of Maricopa County. Ladies and gentlemen, just so we can have their words on records, this is from the Maricopa County Republican Committee Executive Board dated June 21st, 2022. Be it resolved by the Executive Board of the Maricopa County Republican Committee, whereas in solidarity with the Republican Party of Texas and their recent resolution on the 2020 election, whereas we believe the 2020 election violated Article 1 and 2 of the U.S. Constitution, that various secretaries of state illegally circumvented Circumvented their state legislatures in conducting their elections in multiple incorrect ways, including allowing ballots to be received after November 3rd, 2020. Whereas the 2000 Mules documentary irrefutably proves election fraud occurred in Maricopa County during the 2020 election in the form of ballot trafficking through drop boxes. Whereas we believe that substantial election fraud in key metropolitan areas significantly affected the results in five key states in favor of Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. Whereas the Arizona Senate audit of the 2020 election found significant inconsistencies and discrepancies, now, therefore, we reject the certified results of the 2020 presidential election and we hold that acting President Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. was not legitimately elected by the people of these United States of America. We strongly urge all Republicans to work to ensure election integrity and correct all fraud and weaknesses identified in the 2020 election. This is some powerful stuff, ladies and gentlemen. This is some powerful stuff. And, you know, I got to say, guys, um, you know, we might start to sound like a broken record. We might even start to sound just a little bit cliche, but it had to happen this way. Because regardless of the fact that not every single state house is moving and acting in the same way as, say, te Texas or Maricopa County, and regardless of the fact that, uh, you know, the uh, establishment rhinos up on Capitol Hill are doing everything they can to ignore this issue, the fact of the matter is that the people of this nation are awake and aware of what is going on. And do you think that they are going to allow this to happen again? 
if they had not seen half of what they have seen to this point in time, do you think they would let this happen again? But now, but now, as Jovan Pulitzer pointed out during his presentation, okay, uh, as he said, they they did over a hundred and three different ways. I don't know how he came up with that number, guys. 103 different ways that they committed fraud during the 2020 election, okay? And apparently in Maricopa County alone, all right? And that was to cover their bases. That way, if they found one form of fraud and it was identified, they still had 102 other ways that they were able to commit it and win the election. What is it that I've said here at the C-Report? Oh, they've done 20 or 30 different ways of election fraud, and they used every single one of them in Maricopa County. Well, I stand corrected. Apparently, it was over 100 different ways. But now we've identified over 100 different ways that they committed the fraud. So, regardless of whether on Capitol Hill, you have these rhinos continuing to uh, allow this uh, election fraud to occur at the state level, at the county level, at the precinct level, at the level of the people. They know how to identify, handle, and act on all these various types of fraud. They know what to look for. They know how to not let it happen again. They know how to prevent it rather so this way they can uh, they can be proactive against that fraud as opposed to reactive when it's almost too late and it's not too late if you think about it because even like in Georgia for example oh they're all over it and what do you think what do you think the primary in Arizona in August is going to look like do you think the fraud oh they're going to try and commit fraud don't get me wrong in August, August 2nd, I believe, is the primary for Arizona, okay? They are going to try to commit fraud. Do you think it's going to fly? I don't think it's going to fly, okay? Regardless of what the results of that primary are, I guarantee on primary election night, you will have evidence of fraud coming out like that you will have uh, lawsuits and you will have uh you will have uh what do you call those uh those cease and desist orders or all of that stuff is going to be flying on election night i guarantee it guys we're going to see Ar- we're going to see fireworks in arizona on primary night you know if georgia is any evidence and all we have in georgia is the meek mild humble man known as garland favorito and voter ga who is fervently fighting against that fraud on day one we had voter ga fighting against that fraud okay they successfully had their hand recount of two races okay and in two different precincts and two different counties okay on election night in arizona It's going to be fire, guys. It's going to be fire. So let them bring the fraud because they're going to bust it wide open that night. Okay, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got him on the screen here, guys. It's the sleeping bear of Arizona himself. It is Attorney General Mark Burnovich. Okay, this slimy, numchuck ninja, little uh, uh, abductor of uh, liberty, justice, and freedom. Yeah, you know, I never, ever really took a shining to this Brnovich guy. I've always called him the sleeping bear. I've always said he's been a hibernating uh, AG, doing absolutely nothing, okay? 
And, and, and for many people, this has been, become a question of Mark Burnovich. But is there really a question, ladies and gentlemen, that we need to ask about this man anymore? Is there any other question, ladies and gentlemen, about Burnovich that needs to come to mind? All right. This man is just he's just slipped through the cracks of his own race. OK, he is not going to win this Senate seat no matter what he thinks, ladies and gentlemen. Whether it go to Masters or whether it go to uh, Mick McGuire, okay, he's he's lost his chance. He has lost his chance. He tried to dance around. He tried to kick the can. He, you know, he tried to say, oh, well, you know, uh, it takes time. We can't really talk much about it. Well, you know what? He's had plenty of time, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, we got this story coming out of Arizona, where we have a judge that has actually denied uh, Bernovich's request to uh, uphold his uh, filing against uh, Secretary of Snakes Katie Hobbs because she was supposed to redo the election books, uh, the rules and regulations for 2022. And then he ends up taking so long to do it, the judge denies his request. I mean, it was his own job. Remember, guys? Do you guys remember? We had, uh, we had, um, we had, uh, what's, uh, Katie Hobbs, Katie Schnobb, Secretary of Snakes. She was supposed to rewrite the rules for elections for 2022, okay? And then you had, uh, Bernovich suing her because, uh, it was basically not done right, and there was basically inaction that occurred. And so here we stand at the 2022 primary and he's trying to hold her accountable. And the judge is like, Bernovich, you took too long. Like, uh, primaries are already here, buddy. What are you going to do? Okay, let's check out this article. Okay, it says here, this is another failure from Bernovich, guys. Arizona judge declines request to improve election security, citing timing. So what, what is this for election security that Bernovich is trying to bring to the state of Arizona? When he's just been sitting around on his laurels with his thumb up his you-know-what orifice and sleeping in a cave with all of the, you know, all of the uh, fake bears and ninjas over there. A judge in Arizona has rejected the state attorney general's request to revamp election rules for the 2022 election cycle. That's right, guys. That means they're going to be running on, like, what? 2000, uh, I think it's 2017 or 2016 election code. It's not even the 2020. She didn't even have... Katie Hobbs did not even have this redone for 2020. They're running like on the 2018 election book for rules and regulations in Arizona. Okay, that's how bad it is, right? So this way they could get away with the fraud again. They didn't do a revamp and then Bernovich took too long to do anything about it. They're just like, sorry, buddy. There's going to be no election security in 2022 because you just took too dang long, right? Okay, so he says here... Uh, it says here uh, the, the judge rejected the state attorney general's request Quest to revamp election rules for the 2022 election citing cycle, citing timing as the reason for the rejection. Yavapai County Superior Court Judge John Knapper on June 17th denied Republican Attorney General Mark Burnovich's request to ask Secretary of Snakes Katie Hobbs, a Democrat, to improve the election procedure manual for the 2022 election. The judge says in his ruling, at this point in the game, there is no mechanism for the court to assist the parties in constructing an EMP, an election manual uh, procedure. Not that ever elusive EMP from the foxhole, right? An EMP which complies with the law within the timelines of the statute. 
The complaint was filed far too late for this to occur without disrupting elections that have already begun. The judge's election, uh, sorry, the judge's rejection marked the end of the AG's complaint first filed against Hobbs in April, in which he alleged that Hobbs refused to make changes in the elections procedures manual and did not provide him with a legally compliant election procedure manual by October 1, 2021, as required by Arizona state law. Um, the, uh, this case is about the secretary's ongoing violations of her mandatory statutory duty to promulgate an elections procedures manual, not an uh, elections manuals of procedures for the 2022 election cycle, stated Brnovich, his court filing dated April 21st. To cure that ongoing violation, plaintiffs are entitled to special action relief ordering the secretary to comply with the mandatory requirement of providing a legally compliant EPM to the AG and governor for approval. Brnovich um, asked the court to order Hobbs to amend the election procedures manual by adding election integrity measures, including prohibiting unstaffed drop boxes, requiring signature verification for non-mailed early ballots, and preserving the requirements that voters vote in their precinct according to a June 10th statement on the AG's website. He called the situation especially problematic because the election procedures manual has the force of law. Regardless of individual politics or party, everyone should understand the importance of maintaining public confidence in our elections. Blah, 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 Bernovich. He says, I brought suit to support confidence in the integrity of our elections. Blah, 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 Bernovich and accuracy of the results. Okay. For okay, this Bernovich is like I'm a first uh, first generation American. I'm a first generation American, right? And uh, this is the American way. Y this is Bernovich's to me. Bernovich was like, you know what, family? Like you can make a lot of money in politics. All you gotta do is play the game, right? Uh, Bernovich, you came at the wrong time, buddy. You thought that you could go ahead and uh, milk milk the uh, cow of the American people and get away with it. Oh man, your family should come here maybe, I don't know, a, a couple of generations beforehand. You were clearly born in the wrong time, Bernovich, because those days are over, all right? Dancing around like a little happy little politician, fake rhino. Well, he's a rhino. He's not a fake rhino. He's a real rhino. Arizona is becoming a focal point for election integrity issues as the 2022 midterms approach. Earlier this month, the state Senate and House lawmakers heard evidence and allegations from election integrity organization through the vote pertaining to a statewide ballot harvesting campaign during the 2020 presidential election. The hearing presented evidence of cell phone tracking data showing that more than 200 devices had visited ballot drop boxes in two of the state's largest counties no less than 5,700 times during the 2020 election. Okay, so that's some pretty damning information there as we are aware of it. 
let's uh, let's check out. I'm going to skip this paragraph here about the true the vote and Catherine Engelbrecht. But it says here, two days after the hearing, the AG concluded the prosecution of Germa, Germina Fuentes, a former mayor on voter fraud charges. Fuentes pleaded guilty to using her position in the Democrat Party to illegally harvest ballots uh, abuse scheme. And because of that, of course, you have AG Brnovich who's like, we prosecuted two people. I have evidence of a hundred to 200,000 ballots that lack chain of custody, but we prosecuted two people with no investigation into why that these uh, ballots were accepted, which is far over the margin of victory, I might add, for what we witnessed in Arizona on election night in 2020. Well, uh, election night plus five, I should say, in 2020. Ladies and gentlemen, wah, 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 A.G. Brnovich, okay, wah, 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 yeah, you failed, you failed miserably at your job, and you know what, I kind of think this guy should go in for complicity as well, right, let's throw this guy in chains too, you know, how about we take a look, how about we take a spin back in time, and we listen to what A.G. Brnovich thought about the elections in 2020, a week after... The fraud went through. How about that? Let's hear that. Just right now, the Arizona Attorney General, of course, uh, the president was not keen on Fox and others calling the state uh, for Joe Biden uh, election night. Uh, and, and indeed, in, in the counting process, things could narrow, it could flip. Uh, but who would know better than, than the Attorney General? Sir, thank you for joining us. Uh, the administration, though, did deny the. the, the the Trump team's request to seal evidence of a lawsuit over, I believe, votes in Maricopa County. Where does this all stand right now, sir? Uh, the really short answer to this, Neil, is that on election night, um, if you looked at the numbers, and a lot of people that are really good at politics and polling here had said that it was possible for the president to come back. And as the numbers started returning, the president started making some gains. But the reality is right now, there's, you know, less than 50,000 votes to count, and the president would have to get about 65% of them to win Arizona. So it does appear that Joe Biden will win Arizona. That being said, we, our office received more than 1,000 complaints shortly after the election dealing with bleed-throughs and people using Sharpies. We looked into that. We were able to determine that got, did not affect anyone's vote. They also did a random audit of 2% of the precincts, and it came back 100% that there wasn't any statistical anomalies or errors. As to the lawsuit that was filed, we are literally talking about less than 200 votes that are in question and doubt. So the reality is, even if it was possible um, that those votes flip, those 200 votes, I do not think it will make a difference in Arizona just because of the numbers. You're a Republican and a brave man saying that, Attorney General, but uh, you know what's happened <laughs> to and the criticism that the Republican uh, Secretary of State has, has uh, you know, been greeted with uh, in Georgia yeah, about me, standing by yeah, account just... that he was not optimistic would switch. So I'm just wondering, have you heard from any Trump campaign officials about the view you just expressed here? This is the reality, Neil. I, I was a prosecutor. I had never run for office before I became attorney general, so I'm used to dealing in facts and evidence. And the irony was, right after the election, when we received those more than 1,000 complaints of the Sharpies, I sent a letter over to the Republican county officials asking them to address concerns. Immediately, you had you know the far left and liberal media and other people attacking me, saying I was, you know, whatever, 
contesting the results, and I wasn't. It was a very measured letter. Within 24 hours, once we got all the facts and evidence, I was assured that there wasn't any problems. We issued another letter saying, we have talked to the county officials, we dealt with the county attorney who's a Republican, we were satisfied that there was no issue regarding the Sharpies. Then immediately, you had those same people who were attacking me 24 hours earlier, saying, see, the Republican AG said there's nothing to do. My point is this, Neil, is that we need to deal in facts and evidence. If there is a problem or you think there's a potential problem, the answer is you don't wait until it's done to file a lawsuit. If you have problems with people on the voter rolls, um, you know, other issues, you need to address those problems prospectively instead of reactively. And I can only control what I can control. And quite frankly, you know, I I'm not in this job to, to win friends or whatever you want to call it. I'm in this job to do right by the people of Arizona and to make sure the law is followed. There was a time not that long ago, we as Republicans talked about, we need to make sure the rule of law means something. We don't want anarchy, we want the rule of law. And to me, the rule of law is all about having consistency and certainty in the application of law. We know what the rules are and those rules stay the same. And they apply to everyone, regardless of how wealthy you are, poor you are, where you come from, what neighborhood you live in. Uh, believe me, uh, Attorney General, I'm not blowing you smug. I admire your nerves of steel and, and, and a backbone to match. I, I just wish you well on this because a lot of people are not going to digest this very nicely. But I am curious, again, to repeat what you said at the outset, sir. Whatever, you know, anomalies happen in Arizona, uh, they're not going to be enough to change the outcome, the relatively close outcome, but a Biden win in the state of Arizona. Yes, based on that lawsuit and the, the ballots that are being contested and based on what we know happened in the past, um, there is no evidence, there are no facts that would lead anyone to believe that the election results will change. And once again, Neil, just to be very clear, it is mathematically possible that the president could win 65% of the votes, the, 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 so he could. But I'm just saying that right. if you talk to you know political people, pollsters, mathematicians, statisticians, they'll say that based on you know the trend line, you know, that, that's not likely to happen, very, very highly unlikely to happen. Uh, but more importantly, um, if people have evidence or facts, there's there's some impropriety, they need to tell us. And let me just say this in closing, Neil, or uh, I can be on here as long as you want, but look, in Arizona, there was um, a prediction that the legislature would flip. It didn't. Um, there was, there was uh, some congressional districts that supposedly in Democrat, they didn't flip. The county recorder here oversees elections, went from Democrat to Republican. Um, you know, the county attorney remained Republican. And so if indeed there was some great conspiracy, um, it apparently didn't work since the county election official was Democrat lost and other Republicans won. Um, what really happened, it came down to people split their ticket. People voted for Republicans yeah. down ballot. But they didn't vote for President Trump, Martha McSally. Be, and so that that's the reality. Um, just because that happened, it doesn't mean it's fraud. Now, people may be disappointed, and I think there are things that, you know, we as Republicans, when it comes to the rule of law, when it comes to trying to fight back against crony capitalism and focusing on free market and entrepreneurs, those are messages that win. And I think that people didn't vote for Biden. They just didn't like some people's styles. Interesting. Um, well, you're your own man, uh, Attorney General. Thank you very, very much for joining us. I appreciate that. Just sharing the facts, so we do appreciate that. Hey, happy, uh, Mark Brothers, happy yeah. Veterans Day. Go Happy Veterans Day. You know, Brnovich is the only person who made an excuse for that down down ballot like discrepancy where it's like, how is it possible that every Republican won their down ballot ticket except for the president of the party?
Okay, you heard that right? He's the only person. He's like, well, just the facts of the matter are here that uh, people he jumped ticket. You know, they they jumped parties. Like they wanted all their Republican leaders, but everyone just abandoned ship and voted for Biden. Really? Yeah, and, and then and then he was also making excuses about the markers, right? Oh well, we 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 contacted the Republican Party. We contacted the precincts. Blah 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 blah. And uh, they found that there was nothing wrong with the markers. Oh, how time has changed things, right, ladies and gentlemen? That well before there was even thoughts about some type of a forensic audit in Arizona, in Maricopa County. It appears that they were dead wrong on that, okay? Dead wrong on that, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, here's another uh, bit of breaking information coming out this week. And again, this is also on the heels of the Jovan Pulitzer um, presentation. Uh, they shared this video footage. Now, as you all may know, uh, we had um, Yuma County uh, uh, Sheriff and um, as well as uh, I think an election worker. Let me, let me get their names here real quick. Uh, Gary Snyder, remember from San Luis, Arizona, talking about how he had actually shared this information with the attorney general uh, and the likes, uh, like since 2020, 2019, they've been talking with them about ballot trafficking and ballot mules in Yuma County. Okay. So they finally released footage. Okay. Of the, um, of the actual, uh, the ballot trafficking and the muling in progress. Okay. Now keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, in Yuma County, it's not the same type of mules that you're going to encounter, I believe, in uh, places like, uh, you know, Detroit or in Pennsylvania or in Georgia, ladies and gentlemen. In Yuma County, where they have finessed the, the ballot muling and ballot trafficking down to uh, industrial level type of commercial level type of activity, they are under duress. The people who are used as ballot mules in Yuma County is synonymous with drug mules, is synonymous with, uh, you know, uh, I guess a gang type or, or cartel type of activity where they are held under duress. So if you're in public office, if you are part of anything that has to do anything with the election system in Yuma County, you basically have a gun to your head. You have a threat against your family. So we kind of have to take a step back from these Antifa type and BLM type of individuals who are being paid in Georgia, who are being paid in Detroit, who are being paid in Pennsylvania and other places where they are actually uh, being, uh, being, you know, they're, they're receiving commiseration for doing, participating in this illegal fraud. Whereas in Yuma County, I would say specifically based on what I've heard from Gary Snyder, the sheriff in, Euro in Yuma County, as well as from um, the um, whistleblowers in Yuma County, these people are under duress, okay? These people are, have a gun to their head, so to speak. They're being threatened, and that's how they have been taking over elections in that specific county in these United States of America. And it's it's pretty sad, guys. It's, it's scary as well. Uh, but we have this here, breaking exclusive, exclusive footage reveals ballot traffickers forging signatures and trafficking ballots, but Rhino Attorney General Brnovich dropped forgery charges. Let's take a look at this article before we watch the video. 
And this video was also shared during the Pulitzer presentation. It says, uh, new footage released by gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake and mule buster Gary Snyder reveals ballot mules in San Luis, Arizona, forging signatures on ballot envelopes and preparing to cast illegal votes in the 2020 stolen election. Uh, this same footage was provided to the Arizona Attorney General before the 2020 general election, and he did nothing about it. Uh, the Gateway Pundit previously reported that San Luis's residents Gary Schneider and David Lada busted a local ballot trafficking operation using undercover cameras after observing these criminal criminals operate in their community for 27 years. It was revealed to the Gateway Pundit that this was evidence. Uh, this evidence was delivered to Bernovich who waited until December to file the evidence, uh, the first indictment against Alma Yarida Juarez, who later pled guilty and told police that Guillermina Fuentes handed her the pre-filled ballots. Guillermina Fuentes later pleaded guilty, pled guilty. However, many of the charges she faced, including the forgery charges against her, were dropped. Uh, the following video was provided to the attorney general and he altered it before he gave it to the judge. Files obtained through a public records request show a portion of the video, but not the full clip where Fuentes forges vote signatures. Uh, the footage was just revealed by Carrie Lake and others at Jovan Hutton Pulitzer's Kinematic Artifact Detection Analysis presentation in Arizona. One must ask, why did Bernovich alter the footage? Um, here it says uh, she is clearly seen forging ballot signatures. Again, I guess that would be Germina. Uh, signatures in the video below narrated, narrated by Gary Schneider. So let's go ahead and take a look at this video. So we can have it submitted for the record, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and you can see it with your own eyes. The Sea Report and all the shows on this podcast channel are 100% listener supported. We don't have corporate sponsors. We don't have independent sponsors. Our sponsors are you, the listener. So if you like the work we do and like what we have to say and contribute to the world of news and information and entertainment, please show us your support. Make a monthly donation to help sustain future episodes at anchor.fm slash the sea report. Your support is greatly appreciated. From 99 cents per month to 4.99 per month to 9.99 per month. Every donation counts and every bit helps. Show your support for the sea report and other shows on this podcast channel by visiting anchor.fm slash the sea report and thanks y'all so right here what you see is guillema fuentes she's a ex-mayor of san luis arizona a school board member and also uh on the planning and zoning of the city this is just a one of the constituents notice that she didn't have anything in her hands before she went over there to the water. Now she has a ballot herself. Uh, the constituents taken out her ID. Uh, Guillermo Fuentes has given her a little paper that says these three names to vote for. Notice she's already voted inside. So why is she taking a, a ballot 
to go inside and deposit it. She's helping this lady, so she had an excuse to go inside and drop it off in the ballot box itself. Right here in this video, you see a school board member, Rosa Valera, Guinea Fuentes, from the previous videos. She's, the, like I said, the ex-Mayor San Luis school board member. This is a neighbor that lives right next to uh, Guinea Fuentes. This is Alma Yadira Juarez. If you notice, she has a ballot in her left hand when she turns. You notice Guinea Fuentes has no ballot. You notice the mask, you notice the glove only on Rosa Valera. She's passing over information who should be voted for. She received it. The gentleman right there is a looker up. He's looking out to make sure people are not paying attention or recording anything of any issue or police or law enforcement. That's what the guy's there for. Uh, she's pulling out her, her ID to show, to show them that she has an ID to vote. Once we go a little bit forward to this video, please watch the two hands of Guillermo Fuentes right here. And also remember, this lady still had a ballot in her left hand. So we noticed that the ballot was received from Almia Juarez. Now, the Attorney General said there was no forgery. He couldn't, he couldn't find it. There was no uh, conspiracy to commit fraud. I believe that right there is forgery. You know, you sign the ballot, you sign the other ballot. Look at everyone else. They're not even scared. They're not nervous in any way. There we go. You see the ballot plain and easy. Pushes it back in. Even takes her time to lick it with the water. So right there, just right there is, is forgery. But now this is where, this is the only case that they only said we got her for four ballots because there was four ballots right there. Just right there. But we notice if you zoom into this video, there's another 10 ballots right there. So this, Adelia Watt is taking a ballot she already had plus four. This has been happening every day, all day, for the past 20 years in San Luis, Arizona. But on this day, I was lucky enough to listen to David Lada and tell me exactly what I was going to watch. And my faith, my God, led me to this right here to get this video. Because at the end of the day, good will succeed. And right now, out of the two indictments that we have, if you notice my hat, it says, my mules are behind bars. Little speech. Two out of 37, because we have 37 people, individuals, in my videos, not just these right here. We still have some more videos that are being used by the Attorney General to do indictments. It took two years to do indictments. Right here, sooner or later, we'll show you a document where it said I had it since 2020, exactly what I saw in the videos. Everything I turned over to the Attorney General, and it's miraculously, after two years, now he's barely starting to put some work in. This is a for me, is treason. You know, Arizona is about laws, foundation. Well, the judicial system is broken when you got the highest law enforcement of the state and he's not willing to prosecute. Isn't that crazy, guys? Oops. Isn't that crazy, guys? Is that not crazy? Um, that's insane, ladies and gentlemen. To be frank, that is insane. Um... So, Attorney General Brnovich clearly has done nothing, ladies and gentlemen. 
uh, and he's getting called out for it left and right. I think we had at least two statements from President Trump to the effect that um, Attorney General Mark Burnovich has done nothing but kick the can down the road. He's wanted to what? Um, he's wanted to uh, you know play politics, play middle of the road, be politically correct. Uh, and that his poll numbers are going to drop. And, you know, as a result of that, um, uh, Attorney General Mark Vernovich has lost the endorsement of President Trump. I believe that endorsement went over to Blake Masters, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but before we get into Jovan Pulitzer's kinematic uh, presentation, ladies and gentlemen, again, it's a 45-minute presentation. Um, we have one other um, one other clip I wanted to share with you guys because they're coming for Brnovich and the people of Arizona, they're done with him. OK, he's done. He is done, done, done. His political career is buried, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we had returner, retired General Mick McGuire at a recent candidates forum for United States Senate. Of course, you had Brnovich there. You had uh, Blake Masters there, Mick McGuire and a few other candidates for U.S. Senate, uh, and they were, they were, they were going for Brnovich. Now, during, you guys may have seen this or not, but during this, in this same forum, you had individuals who were heckling Brnovich, okay? And he told them basically to shut the hell up if they care about justice. Really, Brnovich? Yeah, that don't sound too good. Let's take a look real quick at uh, this uh, article here that kind of sets up what we'll be watching in the video. It's, it's not a long video. It says, uh, nowhere to hide U.S. Senate candidate Mick McGuire humiliates Rhino opponent A.G. Brnovich for failure to address obvious voter fraud during the Arizona Senate debate. Okay, it says here... Um, uh, Arizona is a critical swing state with some great America First candidates running for office, such as Kerry Lake and Mick McGuire. Unfortunately, there are also rhinos like Mark Burnovich, the current attorney general for Arizona, and a Senate candidate running against the likes of McGuire and Blake Masters. Arizona is also one of the states focused on in 2000 mules due to the rampant suspicious activity and election fraud in 2020. For instance, there were 68% in military absentee ballots from 2016 to 2020, while there was only an 11% decrease in actual overseas deployments. Um, I'm sorry, I apologize. While there was an 11% in, uh, decrease in actual overseas deployments, as Attorney General of Arizona and uh, presented with a mountain of evidence of voter fraud, Brnovich did nothing. He made no prosecutions and no efforts to get to the truth or employ consequences to those who helped to steal an election. During the Arizona Senate candidate forum there, Mick McGuire was asked a question about election integrity. integrity. McGuire wasted no time in blasting Brnovich for his failures to prosecute voter fraud in his scathing response. It says H.R. 1, Senate Bill 1, and H.R. 4 have got to be stopped. Again, the federal government cannot take control of our elections. That said, there are some provisions in federal law about voting. One of them, I believe, pertains to the last question this, elect, this last election. I voted absentee military overseas in November of 1990 before the Gulf War, living in a tent. I filled out my ballot and signed the back. Arizona is one of three states that allows military members to vote by 
digits on email through an IP address. In 2016, there were just over 6,000 military absentee ballots that came into Maricopa County. In 2020, there were 10,457. In that same period of performance, I was the commanding general of the guard. That's a 68% increase in digital ballots that were submitted and an 11% in decrease in overseas deployments. I believe that the chief law enforcement officer in the state has reasonable suspicion to open a criminal investigation into that. And that is where we begin with retired General Mick um, um, Mick uh, McGuire's statement about General Burnovich, Attorney General Burnovich. So let's give him a listen. In 2016, there were just over 6,000 military absentee ballots that came into Maricopa County. In 2020, there were 10,457. In that same period of performance, I was the commanding general of the Guard. That's a 68% increase in digital ballots that were submitted and 11% decrease in overseas deployments. I believe that the chief law enforcement officer in the state has reasonable suspicion to open a criminal investigation into that. People, people complain about different things, but you have lawyers for a reason. And people ask me, what can I do about it? I said, I'm an unemployed general running for the United States Senate. But there is somebody on this stage that can act on that. And the truth of the matter is, you can't play this game where you say you're serious about this and you're not going to comment on criminal investigations, then publish an interim report about a criminal investigation and expect us to take you seriously in that capacity. That is the most important thing. All right. Thank you, Mick. All right, Blake, you're up next. All right, I mean, what more need be said, right, ladies and gentlemen? What more need be said? Other than that, Blake Masters looks like Jack Skellington and death has roasted over on him. Oh, he actually had something to say. Let's see what, this is This is what Blake Masters had to say. His name is Blake Masters and he's got something to say. Well, that was a memorable moment. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. Okay, that's all Blake Masters had to say. I know he got the Trump endorsement, but I said on day one, I don't trust Blake Masters. There is something about that guy. That's my go-to line, right? There's something about that guy, right? There is something about that guy my stomach does not set well with. 
My stomach does set well with the likes of one Jovan Hut was it Jovan Hutton Pulitzer? <laughs> I don't know his full name. Jovan Pulitzer, ladies and gentlemen, uh, has been at the forefront of the election uh, integrity and uh, fraud busters. Let's, let's just just call it that, fraud busters, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. This guy they say is a savant of some sort. I mean, based on the look of his face, I could not deny it, but. Uh, kinematic, what did they call it? Kinematic fraud paper associative, dissociative, cognizant reasoning type of uh, presentation that he gave in Arizona and Scottsdale. Now, again, ladies and gentlemen, uh, there was a, uh, in brief, there was a, uh, there was a, um, presentation and meeting held in Scottsdale, Arizona, uh, two nights ago on the 27th. Uh, that had a panel of election uh, integrity, America First um, representatives and senators, uh, those fighting for the cause. You know, we had Wendy Rogers, Mark Fincham. We had um, uh, uh, ba ba Badu. Ba I cannot remember his name. Anyways, uh, Sonny, Sonny, so <laughs> Senator Sonny. <laughs> Everyone was there, guys. Everyone was there. Um, and a whole bunch of those who are also running for office re-election who are standing up for their constituents in Arizona, uh, where they reviewed um, um, Jovan Pulitzer's presentation. He also spoke. Uh, I highly recommend that if you missed that, you guys go and check it out. We have the replay available on my Rumble page as well as my Foxhole page. Or you could, uh, kinematic artifacts, says Sean Joe. Thank you for that, and thank you for that cookie. Thank you for throwing that bone there, Mr. Sean Joe. <laughs> kinematic artifacts of uh, fraud and uh, uh, election integrity, etc. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, anyways. Uh, we're going to watch the 45-minute presentation here and now. I want to make sure that we get this. Thank you, Senator Borelli. I wanted to say Sonny Melendez, but that is someone totally different, ladies. I wanted to say Sonny Bono. <laughs> That is someone totally different from Senator Borelli. Anyway, Sonny Borelli, thank you. Oh my goodness. I think uh, the coffee is not quite kicked in. If not, it's kicked in quite too well. Uh, let's go ahead and get this rolling, guys, because, uh, well, I want to make sure that this gets out there for the podcast audience as well. Uh, we're not going to be playing all two and a half hours of the presentation, just the 45-minute presentation from Jovan Pulitzer. It is eye-opening. It is jaw-dropping. It is ear-popping, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the Forensic Ballot Document Examination, otherwise known as the Kinematic... Uh, <laughs> the kinematic artifact presentation. Chandra says, thanks to you, Mr. C. We seen it this afternoon. Yes, uh, we played the entire two and a half hour presentation before it was interrupted by uh, someone pulling the fire alarm, apparently. Uh, but uh, I'm not going to be airing that on our podcast, and I want to make sure we get just the crystallized Jovan Pulitzer kinematic artifact presentation for those of you who have not seen it yet out there. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Good evening, Mental States of America. Glad, for, uh, glad you're joining us over there on Twitch. And uh, to anyone who's watching over on Rumble or Clout Hub Trovo D Live, welcome, welcome, welcome. Please follow, subscribe, and give us a thumbs up. We'll see you on the other side of this presentation.
What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's Mr. C from The Sea Report, and I'm stopping in for just a sec to encourage you guys to head over to thecereport.com. At thecereport.com, you can get more information on The Sea Report, check out episode resources, follow our blog and get new articles every week, join our mailing list, and stay abreast on the latest news and information. That's right, head on over to thecereport.com. That's www.thecereport.com. And be sure to follow us on our social medias Truth Social, Rumble, Twitch, CloutHub, and Pilt.net. To pioneer the concept of a full forensic audit for use in Maricopa County, Arizona, our team had to develop. 25 different auditing and forensic technology programs and techniques which had never existed before. We call this new technology platform kinematic artifact detection. Kinematic simply means the motion and physical evidence trail of the physical attributes of an election, such as the original physical ballot voted, but also every aspect of that ballot from the manufacturing of the ballot paper to printing the ballot to folding, sorting, and mailing the ballot and following it all the way through the mailing process, the return process, the election handling process, and eventual scanning, tallying, and election recording of the votes and reporting the final outcome. We do this down to the individual precinct level. Our technology utilizes computer vision, machine learning, and artificial intelligence systems to conduct a full forensic audit of an election and then report our findings. In the most basic reporting terms, in order to understand and to do a deep forensic audit of the Maricopa County, Arizona general election in 2020, we had to process over 20,895,610 digital and forensic images in multiple formats. We created in excess of 208 million individual evidence proof files. Our systems conducted a base measurement process of over 58 billion forensic measurements and generated over 2 trillion individual base computations. Our finds will be presented in part since we are still deep in an ongoing forensic investigation of the 2020 general election in Maricopa County, Arizona. But this has led us to the initial conclusion of the 2020 general election in Maricopa was not certifiable in any manner. There was gross maladministration of the most egregious, neglectful manner. Not one single aspect of the election could be verified to have been operated according to the exact election rules, standards, and compliance procedures. There were hundreds of thousands of 14th Amendment violations and civil rights violations. There were hundreds of thousands of illegal votes. And at no time was the final outcome as reported repeatedly in the media or by Maricopa County officials themselves in 2020, ever real, truthful, provable, transparent, and most of all, certifiable. There is sufficient and irrefutable evidence of pervasive voter fraud and widespread systemic election fraud in Maricopa County, Arizona.
This is our cyber report, which discovered there is a predetermined algorithm running on the machines in Maricopa. Approximately 406,972 individual ballots were cast of a predetermined nature and inserted into the 2020 general election. Approximately 406,972 ballots, which were cast in Maricopa County, were of a predetermined origin in order to forcefully manage the outcome of the 2020 general election. These predetermined ballots were not cast in a manner which is both required and determined by law, one voter, one ballot, one vote representation. These predetermined ballots have been verified in a manner which is based upon the use of digital forensics, forensic mathematics, forensic accounting, and rhythm analysis, further combined with the aid of computer vision, machine learning, and artificial intelligence. This investigation, after millions of tests, confirmed and revealed the following specifics. 38% of the mail-in ballots cast for Joe Biden were found to be of a predetermined nature. 33% of the election day ballots cast for Donald J. Trump were found to be of a predetermined nature. 59% of the votes, when adjusted by removing the predetermined outcome and revealing the true vote, is found to have been the votes cast for Donald J. Trump. 41% of the votes, when adjusted by removing the predetermined outcome and revealing the true votes, is found to have been cast for Joe Biden. A deeper forensic analysis revealed that 91.62% of the predetermined ballots were cast in the favor of Joe Biden. A predetermined ballot is a ballot that has been decided by a mathematical algorithm and inserted and leads to having to make the paper ballots be created to match the electronic outcome. The use of predetermined algorithms to determine the outcome of the election was used widespread across all Maricopa County, Arizona voting precincts. This is our pallet packing chronology report for Maricopa County, Arizona. The determination is the boxes were pilfered and opened and reopened over time to either insert or remove ballots. The specifics are as follows. 45 individual pallets of ballots existed, approximately 1,675 boxes. 52 of these boxes were pre-set aside on election day 
for a hand audit if required. Each box has an average of seven batches of ballot. An average ballot batch is 200 ballot. Each box was found to have been opened and reopened over time. The only boxes not found to be opened or reopened over time were the pre-selected 52 hand audit boxes. The dates in the boxes of the ballots are not consistent with how the ballots were processed. Each pallet had both multiple dates and multiple months of ballots, which is not congruent with how these ballots were processed. 141 individual batches took two days or more to process. The highest or largest batch was 1,393. The average batch was 200 ballots, with the smallest being 46 or 10 ballots, each taking two days to process. The two-day ballot batches comprise 30,122 individual ballots, or just under 2.5 times the margin of the election. 89% of these dual-date batches were decided for Joe Biden. Election workers with decades of experience have never seen such dual-date batches. We had complete boxes and layers of boxes where one candidate won 100% of the batches, which is not consistent with the ending turnout. 1,394 of the batches were compromised. That's 13.94% of the batches we believe were digitally altered. Our conclusion is the ballots were removed from and added to batches and boxes after the official election dates. They were pilfered in order to make the paper match the digital outcome. Everything in elections is predicated on following the laws, the rules, and the regulations. But most important, treating every single voter equal under the eyes of the law. This is our forensic calibration and compliance report for Maricopa County. There were over 2 million ballots cast in 2020 in Maricopa County, Arizona. The problem is 343,304 of those voters were treated differently than all of the rest of the voters in Maricopa County. This could also be said this way. This is 343,304 violations of the 14th Amendment. This is our forensic quad photograph. Human cast vote, correct ballot paper, official printing density, and perfect print calibration and machine maintenance. Let's focus on calibration. It is simple. If a machine is not taken care of and falls out of calibration, then there can be excessive problems with the ballots being handled and counted properly. You are looking at both the front and the back of an official Maricopa ballot at the same exact time in conjunction with special forensic microscopy cameras. We light the back in order to see through the paper to see both sides at one time. One printed mark is on the front and the other is on the back side. This is a perfect calibration of a perfectly printed official Maricopa 2020 ballot. Let's look at a few. Now that your eyes are trained, you can clearly see this calibration is way out of alignment. 
It's simple. It's a horrible alignment and horrible reading results. Let's look at a few calibrations. These machines are not operating within recommended guidelines. We use the ballot print calibration and our forensic microscopy process to create a unique identifiable printer ID for each ballot printed off specific printers. Each and every ballot printer leaves its own detectable fingerprint on each and every ballot it prints. This is how our forensic technology plots each and every ballot voted in Maricopa County in 2020. Think of this chart like a submarine radar. Every ballot, which is perfect within all the rules, regulations, and compliances of the election, appears within these green walls. Every ballot, which is not within the rules, regulations, and compliances of elections, are represented by these red dots. We track and flag every single ballot which is out of compliance, including just how out of whack the ballot printer was when printing the ballot. Every green check within the green walls is a perfectly printed ballot and a perfectly executed vote cast. Every red dot is not only an out-of-compliance ballot, but it also represents an individual voter who did not have the opportunity to vote perfectly according to the rules, laws, regulations, and compliance of the election and how they are supposed to be operated. Ask yourself this question. Of these 384 individual voters, did they all get to vote with the same rules, standards, and compliance as each and every other voter? Of course not. Only 17 voters had the privilege to be able to cast their votes by the exact rules, regulations, and compliance standards of elections. These other 331 disenfranchised voters were forced to the southeast corner of the room and had to vote on an inferior, out-of-compliance ballot, which should have never been allowed to be used. This is physical evidence of 331 voters being treated differently than 17 other voters who were able and afforded to vote according to the rules, regulations, and compliance standards all elections have. Let's look over a few batches of ballots and let's show you just how widespread these out-of-compliance and maladministration actions in Maricopa County were. The Maricopa ballot-on-demand machines apparently have never been serviced. No one was supervising or inspecting these ballot printers according to the election rules. Ballots should never have been printed out of compliance. 343,304 individual ballots were printed significantly out of mechanical compliance. 343,304 individual Maricopa voters were not treated equal according to the 14th Amendment. More than 130,455 of these Maricopa voters were minorities. This election maladministration was widespread and encompassed virtually every single Maricopa voting precinct. This is a combination report of our ballot paper analysis, bleed through vote analysis, chromatic analysis, 
human or machine voted oval analysis, and finally, our machine fold, hand fold, and no fold analysis. Ballot paper analysis. Maricopa County reported it used only Roland vote secure paper for its official ballot stock in the 2020 election. This is patently false. Our systems detected numerous not secure, not compliant, simple commercial grade paper cut to the ballot size was used widespread in Maricopa County, primarily for the needs of the ballot on demand machines. In excess of 200,000 individual ballots were printed on unauthorized, not official, compromised, commercially available papers, not suitable for compliant ballot voting stock. 10% of the ballots cast in Maricopa County, Arizona general election were compromised due to the wrong paper ballot stock being utilized. This absolute fact is further backed up by official witnesses and countless affidavits submitted by longtime election workers in Maricopa County, Arizona. Forced adjudication analysis report. 120,867 individual voters ballots or 6% of the total ballots cast in the 2020 Maricopa general election were compromised and created what is known as a forced adjudication event. The 120,867 ballots affected by this represents nine times the deciding outcome of the 2020 election. This forced adjudication event is by our determination an intentional, totally avoidable, simple paper and ink hack, which was perpetrated upon Maricopa County voters. To compromise any election, one needs an element of control over the ballot stock. When the ballot stock is compromised, only one additional element is needed to execute a simple system hack, which will create the time opportunity to execute on nefarious activities which could be used to swing an election. That additional element is the use of a Sharpie to cast votes. Maricopa County demanded the use of Sharpies for the 2020 general election. This was the first time in history that Sharpie pens had ever been encouraged or demanded to be used in its elections. Before 2020, the use of such writing instruments like Sharpies were strictly prohibited. When Sharpie pens are combined with inferior ballot paper, this is what occurs. Bleed through votes on the ballot. Extra votes bleeding through from the back side of the ballot onto the front side. These extra votes confuse the scanning machine since they are read as stray marks. Yes, you might have now recognized that this particular ballot is a ballot voted for Barack Obama and Joe Biden. The opportunity to capitalize on bleed through votes was both learned and perfected during the Obama period. The following is the net effect of this paper and time hack put into play in Maricopa County in 2020. Approximately 120,867 2020 Maricopa ballots displayed ghost bleed through voted ovals. On these ballots, there were an extra 2,099,395 voted ovals appearing on the ballots. There was a minimum of 17 extra votes visible on each compromised ballot. 
This forced adjudication event, since the scanning and tally machines have variable scan level detection systems, which are unknown to those who operate the machines, helped force a massive adjudication event in Maricopa County, which was 11 times more than the historical averages. This forced adjudication hack was in widespread use in Maricopa County in 2020. This hack was human engineered with simple physical tricks to compromise the reading of the ballots and was 100% avoidable if historical standards and practices were applied. We estimate 45,929 individual votes by minorities were compromised by this forced adjudication hack. Chromatic Analysis Report. The official Maricopa County 2020 general election ballots had color coding on them, verifying they are a first-run official 2020 general election ballot. Each color indicator can be used to measure the veracity of the official report. We found in each category of color measurement, the reports provided by Maricopa County officials fail. This possibly indicates both the manipulation of the ballots and more than reported duplicate ballots. An official 2020 election ballot, when being first run in mail to a voter, will display various color indicators, such as red printing in several locations, including color designates, which could be printed in text terms. If the reporting was accurate and true, there should have been 1,697,778 color ballots. In system, there are reasons to have black and white ballots. Our findings were only one of the eight possible color categories matched official records. All others are lacking. There may have been an over-reporting by the county or the audit of 94,737 individual ballots. We have an excess of black and white ballots in system, which represent a tenfold increase over the margin of the election human or machine voted oval analysis. Our systems measure differences between votes cast by human hand and those which were machine inserted into ballots. Our systems report findings in excess of 3 million possibly inserted ovals on the ballots. These machine inserted ovals appear to exist in the down ballot races, which were not hand counted. Machine inserted ovals could be used to benefit races found to have undervotes. The smarts that are created on the ballot is we have a huge library of 10 main marks. So it's not a perfect oval that you're going to be able to identify that that was marked by a machine. But it's, it's, a, it's a library of different random hand marks that looks like somebody else used a sharpie to hold the ballot. So you're not going to be able to say this is a uh, ballot voted by the accessible uh, voter. This is a ballot voted by a person with a sharpie, for example, for with a mark. Yeah, again, it's all about preserving voter anonymity. Um, you know, if, you, if you only have one or two stable voters in a given precinct, and if you're using standard marking techniques where they're a, a, an exact perfect fill of that oval, um, 
you would be able to uh, distinguish that ballot from somebody that just hand marked it. So this is one of those further steps that we do um, to preserve that anonymity. These were the most undervoted, affected individual races, which could have statistically benefited from the insertion of machine-inserted ovals in an undervote detected ballot. County sheriff, county recorder, county lawyer, and each of the five county board of supervisors. In every category of color measurement, the reports provided by Maricopa County officials fail. This possibly indicates a manipulation of the ballots and more than reported duplicated ballots. This could be a sign of a direct result of pilfering ballot boxes and possibly backloading the ballots. This is the kinematic artifact detection analysis for fold report. The Maricopa 2020 ballots were subjected to three individual tests for forensic fold detection. There are 142,091 anomaly ballots, which represent a count 1,200% larger than the official outcome of the election. These forensic tests are in three parts, machine folds, these are official mailed and returned by mail, mail-in ballots. Hand folds, walk-in early vote ballots. No folds, election day or duplicated ballots. Maricopa County failed each kinematic artifact detection forensic test for folds. There are 142,091 anomaly ballots, which represents a count 1,200% larger than the official outcome of the 2020 election. These numbers concern ballot swapping, ballot box pilfering, and excess ballot production and duplication. This is our stenography security report, also known as a stochastic pixel detection and analysis report. 10,943 individual Maricopa 2020 general election ballots were determined to be counterfeit in nature. Our team uses stochastic pixels detection as part of a 10-step forensic process comprised of computer vision, machine learning, and artificial intelligence to confirm the authentic nature of the ballots used in the 2020 general election in Maricopa County, Arizona. In our investigation, each ballot to be considered an official ballot must pass a 10-step forensic analysis process, which includes, is not limited to, the presence of stochastic pixels, official ballot paper, various print quality metrics, ink density, optical density, printer calibration measurements, which are used as a unique forensic fingerprint of a particular machine's identity, plus other forensic measurement techniques to identify suspicious and abnormal ballots, which we refer to as counterfeit ballots. We apply the term counterfeit in the literal sense of the definition to imitate something authentic with the intent to steal destroy or replace the original for use in illegal transactions 
or otherwise to deceive individuals into believing that the fake is of equal or greater value than the real thing. The 10,943 individual counterfeit ballots were used widespread across all of Maricopa County. The 10,943 individual counterfeit ballots were voted in the following manner. 39% of the counterfeit ballots were cast for Donald Trump. 46% of the counterfeit ballots were cast for Joe Biden. 13% of the counterfeit ballots were cast for write-in candidates. These counterfeit ballots gave Joe Biden an advantage over Donald Trump equal to almost 7% of the deciding outcome. The malicious use of 10,943 counterfeit ballots represents a subverted or stolen vote from the Arizona voters, which is equal to 104% of the deciding outcome of the Arizona 2020 general election. These counterfeit ballots were used widespread all across Maricopa County, Arizona. This is our vote modification analysis. Alarming is in the 2020 Maricopa general election, 235,367 individual ballots were changed by either a human or machine after the ballots were tallied. 99% of all ballot batches were modified without anyone expecting the physical ballot paper. Why did this occur? Why so many electronic changes? What changes were made to the ballots? There are over 188 million possible voted ovals on the Maricopa ballots. How could anyone tell? Historically, across American elections, if more than four ballots per hundred showed errors in the system, the machines were considered to not be functioning properly. This is one out of every 25 ballots. In the 2016 general election, correcting ballots happened about one per 100 ballots. In 2018 across America, it was two times per 100 ballots or one out of every 50 ballots. In 2020, Maricopa, Arizona had the adjudication rates jumped to an astounding one out of every eight ballots cast. This abnormality in Maricopa represents almost 12 times the historical average for ballot modifications. In Maricopa, 235,367 individual changed by either a human or machine after ballots were cast. In the past, this would have been just a double handful of ballot boxes needing checking over by experienced human election workers. However, for the first time in Maricopa general election history, artificial intelligence by a computer modified your ballot. The use of artificial intelligence and disconnected workstations digitally masked the ballot adjudication crisis in Maricopa. Instead of just a double handful of boxes needing changes for paper ballots, the artificial intelligence hid the fact that two and one half pallet loads of ballots needed to be modified. 
these 235,367 changes were modified digitally after they were voted, and the physical paper was never inspected by hand. These ballots were held inside a synthetic time hack. In a time study, it is estimated this took 7 to 12 days of electronic suspension, which were not allowed to drop straight to the vote tally bottom line. Why were one out of eight ballots changed by human or machine? Why were the physical ballots not examined? Why send a poor digital photo of the ballots to a remote adjudication station? What really happened during this time? Why were the physical ballots removed from the physical review process? Were the physical ballots actually missing, only to appear later in the process? 99% of all ballot batches were modified in Maricopa without anyone inspecting a physical paper ballot to confirm there was an original paper ballot scan. ballot mail analysis. One way to gain access to extra ballots for nefarious purposes is called ballot cracking. Maricopa County shows signs of widespread ballot cracking operations in excess of 53,866 official 2020 ballots. Ballot cracking is a technique where when the ballots are undelivered or returned undeliverable, Individuals crack open the ballot, then vote the ballot inside, place it in the return envelope, and either do not sign the ballot or apply a bogus signature. If the county elections do not do signature verification, ballot cracking can go undetected. Returned as undeliverable ballots are the most susceptible to ballot cracking. When returned to the county, these ballots simply disappear. Maricopa County reported albeit months after the election, that 53,866 ballots had been returned undeliverable. When this happens, Maricopa County workers are supposed to notify the voter that their ballot was returned within a week of the ballot coming back undeliverable. When asked to audit these records, Maricopa officials reported that these ballots had not been retained by them and that they were sent back to run back to destroy and that they actually had been destroyed. This is against several U.S. election codes for retention and preservation of records and papers for elections for a period of 22 months after the election. These 53,866 ballots were more than likely part of a widespread ballot cracking operation. Even though it took a year past the 2020 election for Maricopa to report these ballot numbers and the destruction of them, there is still one problem. The Election Assistance Commission, utilizing United States Postal Service records, reported for 2020 that 110,092 general election ballots were in fact returned in Maricopa County, Arizona. Ballot cracking these mysteriously disappearing 110,092 ballots would have been inserting a number of nefarious ballots in an amount greater than 400% of the 
official margin of the election. These missing official ballots are a widespread election fraud problem in Maricopa County. This is our phantom voter report based on the Python rating system. Forensic research suggests there are 246,691 phantom voters on the Maricopa voter rolls. This number equates to an overinflation of the Maricopa voter rolls of just under 10%. Activating 100% of the phantom voters which have been planted into the Maricopa voter rolls in terms of voter turnout could impact the end result of an election by almost 12% of the total votes counted. Our forensic investigation system looks at numerous indicators of fraud, such as inflated voter turnout, fraud ratings, civil rights impact, as well as party trending information over a 16-year period. One of our fraud indices is the Python Phantom Voter Rating System. Maricopa County has an average phantom voter load of 332 per voting precinct. The phenomenon of phantom voters inserted in Maricopa County is widespread. Once these phantom voters are activated within a specific election, they are almost always wiped from the voter rolls within weeks of the election they were used to cast in the various vote within. 2,697 Maricopa phantom voters, or 26% of the declared margin of the 2020 win, were scrubbed immediately following the election. These voters and their information could not be found in any other county or public databases. The use and activation of phantom voters in Maricopa County is widespread. The following is an explanation of how phantom voters are created. Hi, Bobby Python here to discuss phantom voters. There's a number of types of phantom voters that exist in voter rolls across this nation. The most common type of phantom voter is someone who has been duplicated, or as I would say, the gizmo effect, if anybody remembers that movie. They take the same first name, same last name, and they create a similar type of identity, maybe you're one or two years younger, in a different county. And that's one type of phantom voter. Another type of phantom voter is someone who was married and their maiden name, well, they changed their maiden name to their married name, but that maiden name is still voting without their knowledge in a different county within the state. That's another type of phantom voter. Then there is the college student that left town and then all of a sudden they're still living at their parents' home. That's a third type of phantom voter. Then another one is one that is actually fraudulent someone who does not exist, fraudulently created. So that's the next type. And then there's a phantom voter who is somebody who is absolutely, their name makes no sense. It's like gibberish. It's a last name that's not not anywhere else in the voter rolls, but it's there. And that person never votes usually. Their sole purpose is to help harvest ballots. So what happens to all these phantom voters ballots that are generated. Well, they get assigned to real people that did not vote. You need the ballots to assign to real people that did not vote. Now, it just so happens the most common last names in the state are where 
the largest number of other fictitious phantom voters exist. Now, they create multiple identities that they could take these ballots and assign them to someone that appears to be real because they are, in fact, real. They just had another version of themselves made. Maricopa County has an average phantom voter load of 332 per voting precinct. Forensic research suggests there are 246,691 phantom voters on the Maricopa voter rolls. The phenomenon of phantom voters inserted in Maricopa County is widespread. This is our provisional ballot analysis. We compared the 2020 general election provisional ballots with the historic data of provisional ballots from 2016. In 2020, 66% of all provisional ballots were rejected, a total of 12,112 votes. That's more than the margin that determined the election compared to 2016, when only 29% of provisional ballots were rejected. 12,112 provisional ballots were rejected in 2020, culminating in a 66% rejection rate. One of the most cited rejections of the 2020 election year for provisional ballots was, you were sent a ballot and it has already been returned and voted. This anomaly was both widespread and concentrated in key voting precincts. In 2020, only 34% of the ballots were accepted whereas in 2016, 71% of the ballots were accepted. The single most affected group by this massive uptick in ballot rejections during the 2020 general election were minorities. Our auditing shows in some precincts an appalling 81% of the ballots voted as provisional were found to be votes by minorities. In 2020, Maricopa County refused seven out of every 10 provisional ballots cast. Over 12,000 provisional ballots were rejected. This number is greater than the deciding outcome of the election. With 81% of the ballots voted as provisionals coming from minorities, this represents eight out of every 10 ballots cast provisionally. The civil rights impact of the Maricopa election is 79 to 83 out of each 100 voters in certain precincts are a minority. In 2020, 66% of all provisional ballots were rejected, a total of 12,112 votes. That's more than the margin that determined the election compared to 2016, when only 29% of provisional ballots were rejected. You said you voted in 2012? Correct. So, yeah, so that doesn't show. And then, did you vote? And there's a big report. Well, wait, 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 wait a second. It doesn't show that I voted in 2012? Correct. That was my first vote. I got my citizenship in this uh, July, September 2012. Are you serious? It doesn't show that I voted in 2012. This is ridiculous. Correct. 
I got my citizenship. I was so proud. I was like, oh, registered it. You want to go? And this is funny. June second, two thousand six. This is this is funny. The June second. This is my birthday. June second. This is funny. Two thousand sixteen. Eight year old female. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, it's funny. It's the same birthday. Right. Right. Yeah. That may be a that may be a fabricated. Yeah. So pissed. Oh my gosh. I, right. So what, I, we, what we see here is someone voted in your name for a midterm primary, and then we've got one, two, three presidential elections. You're saying you did not vote in. I can tell you I'm a bad patriot. I, first time I got involved in politics with President Trump, that's my first presidential election. I've never voted in a midterm. I have never voted in another presidential election. This is a lot. Yeah. I, I am so upset. So Okay, guys, and that is the end of the Jovan Pulitzer Kinematic Artifact presentation. That is quite um, jaw-dropping, wouldn't you say? I would absolutely say my jaw hath droppeth, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, uh, God bless and thanks be to the likes of Jovan Pulitzer for being able to pull together that type of information. I might add again, all of this information was handed to A.G. Brnovich in a timely manner well before this presentation ever became public, ladies and gentlemen, as Jovan Pulitzer pointed out at the uh, the following events that took place after this presentation. Like I said, it's a two and a half hour presentation, just about that was only uh, that was only ended because someone pulled the fire alarm on the uh, proceedings and everyone had to leave. It, it took place in a hotel somewhere in Scottsdale, Arizona. So again, I recommend, ladies and gentlemen, that you go and check out that entire presentation. There's a breakdown, there's questions, there's a panel. It is well worth the watch if you haven't seen it already. You can catch that replay over at the Mr. CTV Rumble channel. If you're over at Rumble, just check out. It should be the video directly prior to tonight's presentation of the C-Report. Or you can check it out also at the Foxhole Archives on Mr. CTV channel or the Mr. C channels, we call it over there at Foxhole, and it is available for you all there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we can we continue to square away uh, the uh, um, fraud that occurred in the 2020 general election, ladies and gentlemen, and we continue to report the stories of election fraud and election integrity here at the C Report. It's been one of my main motives, one of my modus operandi for doing this show to begin with, ladies and gentlemen, as we had calls and calls and calls of there being no evidence of um, um, systematic or invasive election fraud or any fraud in general in our elections uh, we here, I myself here at the Sea Report, have made it my duty to highlight and to point out every bit of fraud that I can find in our nation's headlines, stories, current events, current affairs, anywhere that it is available, guys. And we've covered it from New Hampshire to Colorado to Michigan to Wisconsin to Texas to Florida to Arizona to California even, ladies and gentlemen, to Virginia to South Carolina to Iowa 
to Indiana, and we got some news coming out of Indiana. I will be sharing with you guys briefly uh, towards uh, probably within the next show or two here at the Sea Report, guys. So spread the word. Let everybody know uh, that uh, these things did occur. These things have been documented, logged. They've been uh, archived. They have been uh, affidavited. Uh, and they have been submitted to um, uh, an official documentation per uh, the cost of uh, what, at the penalty of perjury, right? Why are we going to have thousands of Americans filling out affidavits uh, when they could risk jail time or fines for lying about what they witnessed in 2020 and in 2021 and in 2022, ladies and gentlemen, as per the elections in this country? We will continue to get to the bottom of it. The evidence is mounting. The archives are getting full. And you can rest assured, ladies and gentlemen, you will catch those stories here at The Sea Report. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for tonight's episode of The Sea Report. I thank you all for hanging out again as we did our special Arizona-focused episode tonight. Uh, just kind of like cramming as much of that information as we could into the last two hours for you all to peruse and to review Please make sure you join us again. Again, if you're joining us over at Rumble, Foxhole, Twitch, Clout Hub, wherever you might be on your platforms, forums throughout the interwebs, make sure you follow, subscribe. It's always free and give us a thumbs up so you can push our videos up to uh, where they get a little bit more attention. It is much greatly appreciated. Follow us over at Truth Social at MRCTV. That's Truth Social at MRCTV over at Gabbett. MR underscore CTV. Visit thecreport.com and search for this show on your favorite podcast player. We are there for you guys and uh, we will be, God willing, as long as possible. All right. This is Mr. C signing out for another edition of The C Report. If you didn't get enough of me tonight, then go ahead and head on over to the Speak Uneasy's channel. In about T minus uh, 30 minutes and 30 seconds, we'll be doing another live presentation of This is News with myself, Mr. C, and the bartender, the Speak Uneasy. Uh, to just to take a little bit of a load off, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, kind of have a laugh at a serious look of news that just kind of makes you say, like, really? This is happening in America today? Ladies and gentlemen, this is happening in America today. Thanks again. Once again, we will be back tomorrow with another report for you all. And uh, until then, ladies and gentlemen, as always, be safe, be blessed, and God bless America. We'll see you next time.